You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode number 39. Today we have the beautiful Emily Hassett. Emily is a cacao ceremony facilitator, retreat guide, and chief creatress of the Spirited Seeker, a home for women to explore their inner and outer worlds through emotional-based coaching, immersed events, and programs that are in rebellion of what you would expect from a current self-help paradigm. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. This is so fun already. Isn't it? I'm actually, um, obviously we've been chatting before we hit the record button for this. Uh, so I'm really excited. I'm so blessed that you're here. So thank you for joining us all the way from New Zealand. All the um, way across all the, the pond. Way. I know. So tell us as we get started, um, I ask this question to all of our guests, what day of your cycle are you on and how are you feeling today? Like, what are you checking in with? Mm, I'm on day 10 and definitely noticing how... I want to be superwoman already. Like my, I've stuffed my schedule full because I'm already feeling creative and on fire, but that I really need to reel it back and be mindful of how much of myself I'm, I'm giving out. So I've just bought a Joe Dispenza meditation and starting a nightly ritual of meditating before bed tonight for myself to like recalibrate the nervous system and, and have more calm and quiet because I definitely feel like I'm already midsummer and I'm not. <laughs> You're like, hang on, I'm five days ahead of my life right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that's so beautiful that you're doing that. And it's such a great po- a point that you made about fire um, and the fact that you're feeling the fire burning inside you as in like it's increasing. So it starts off as like a little kindle mm-hmm. and it's like grows and it grows and it grows. And um, I talk about that all the time in the academy. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. For all of our listeners who have never heard of you before and they're like, what is a spirited seeker and what the hell is a cacao ceremony? (laughs) Um, Tell us a little bit more about what it is that you do, how you became a spirited seeker, and then we'll move into some other questions. Okay. This is good. This is juicy. So spirited seeker is a name that come to me years and years ago that really encapsulated where I was at in this journey of self-discovery. My I don't know, awakening, if that's what you want to call it, happened quite young. I was exposed to all of the self-helpy Louise Hay, Wayne Dyer-esque books as a kid. And so I kind of bust out of my family system and out of my paradigm that I was stuck in, I guess, at 18. And from then on, just was on this relentless pursuit to what it meant to be happy and fulfilled and kind of coming at it this way of, seeking something that was external of myself or seeking to be better than I was, right? Which obviously drove me to where I was today, but it was always coming from this place of not good enoughness. And so Spirited Seeker is this like spiritual journey of someone who is seeking, but then flipping it to be a really empowered and liberated uh, label to hold rather than someone who's just kind of self-help junkie and always on that spiral of more work, more work, more work and Mm. dismissing the power of just being present and integration too. So cacao, how that comes into it, 
is a plant medicine that is non-psychoactive. Obviously, we all have some form of relationship to chocolate. Every cacao ceremony that I hold. One of my questions is going to be like, so how do we have a ceremony about chocolate and (laughs) a good thing for you? (laughs) Yeah, right. Every one of my ceremonies, I kind of allude to this uh, relationship that we form with chocolate as one of emotional comfortability. You know, it's always there for us. We tend to be drawn to chocolate if we're overwhelmed or we're stressed or we're needing support that isn't there in the form of others or community or self. And so my work with cacao and bringing that heart medicine is how it's kind of related to where it's come from um, because of the physiological benefits of it being considered a heart opener, which I can talk about in a minute is unkinking the connection between pleasure and guilt that we have as women. Mm. Because I feel like all of us and everybody listening would have some form of relationship with a substance that might be really positive if we stripped away the judgment and the guilt and the shame around it. So chocolate that we, that we get off the shelves now, obviously has gone through a heavily processing um, you know, it's, it's heavily processed. Yeah. Heavily processed and um, cacao in a ceremonial space, whether that is by yourself, replacing your morning cup of tea, sitting with the birds, or you're in a traditional setting with a group of people and a shaman or a facilitator somewhere in Peru is the idea that you're creating a ritual to come home to your body. That's really it. And to connect back to your heart, back to your truth. Mm. And For me, how I channel that through is definitely through this invitation of of releasing the shame and guilt around feeling good as a woman. Because I don't have time for that shit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to let that shit go. And so beautiful because you mentioned about it being um, between pleasure and guilt. And this is something that I see with all the women who are in the Well Women Academy and all the women that I've worked with over however many years I've been coaching, like six and a half, is that when it comes to pleasure, they feel that there's always a guilt thing after that. So what are some common things that you see with women who come and join you for these cacao ceremonies? Like a great example is women often crave well, I feel like we crave foods for any, many particular reasons. It could be nutritional, it could be physical, it could be emotional, and it can be spiritual, right? Mm. They're the four pillars that I work with. And sometimes it is nutritional and there's a reason why you're craving the food. But in your mind, you're like, but if I eat that, I have to go to the gym. And then I'm going to have to go to the gym every single day this week to burn that off. But then that gym's going to wear me out and then I'm probably going to want to crave it more to reward myself because I've been a good girl and I've worked out at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this oh gosh, that's so familiar. <laughs> isn't it? And that's like, I know it so well because I've heard the story so many times and it's so common. doesn't mean it's normal, but it's very common. Um, but yeah. So what do you, what do you notice with the women, the link um, around the cacao ceremonies and letting go of the guilt so that they can actually enjoy the pleasure around enjoying cacao or mm. good chocolate, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. It's not to bring any more shame to a particular ingredient or another food group, right? It's just bringing awareness to how food is a vehicle for, like you said, delivering a feeling that we're craving rather than reaching a specific outcome. So we're kind of flipping the script of, you know, I'll go to the gym to get that body or I'll eat that food to feel that certain way. 
you know, it's, it's taking back ownership of how we can cultivate those feelings for ourselves. And so through bringing this idea of ceremony or ritual together with a powerful ingredient like cacao is simply the mode of transportation to get you back into your body and connected to yourself. So what I notice really often with those who attend my you know, physical in real life cacao ceremonies, or I host them virtually once a month on the full moon too, is that literally just the rebellious act of turning off their phone for 30 minutes to join into the call and to get in their cozies mm. and to show up as they are, whether it's with a cup of cacao or just a cup of tea, because it doesn't actually really matter. We invoke the essence and the spiritual aspect of what cacao is too, is that taking a deep breath for these women, and I've had men arrive too, which is really cool, is enough to move them to tears. And that to me just signifies how much we give ourselves away, escape ourselves, you know, dissociate, distract, procrastinate away from our bodies, away from the present, yes. away from what it means to be here now. And because of the physiological benefits of cacao, it's just a much more powerful mode for me anyway, to anchor into that moment. You know, there's a few things going on. We've got, you know, like magnesium, which is what we crave in premenstrual aspects yep. to ease, you know, our, our cramps or that kind of thing. And there's also um, like one of the main activators in cacao is, is theobromine, which is only found in chocolate, which is freaking phenomenal. And anandamide I recently read up on as well, which is the bliss chemical has only ever been discovered in the human brain and in raw cacao. And if anyone's familiar with Sanskrit or in the yoga world, Ananda translates literally as bliss. So it's this feeling good that happens. Uh, cacao also potentiates the release of dopamine in the system, which is the pleasure hormone. So it alleviates depression. It makes us feel good. It relieves stress. It calms the nervous system. There's all of these things going on if you're consuming ceremonial grade cacao that just make it really easy to drop into your heart to get intimate with your emotions and also to access a sense of empathy with yourself and others that you might not usually gain if you're mm. just smashing a block of chocolate in front of Netflix, you know? And the block of chocolate that you smashing in front of Netflix is probably filled with many other things. And a good, I'm going to ask you what like um, ceremonial grade cacao is in a second. So hold that question in your thought. But there's a big difference between when you just buy cacao powder or cacao like um, like chunks, you could say, and when you buy a block of chocolate. When you buy a block of chocolate, there's actually at least three, minimum three ingredients to form that particular block because it has to go through a process. Now, regardless of how vegan, healthy, gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever you want to call it, it is, it has to go through a process to get into the block and then put through a machine to be put into a wrapper, into a box so that it comes to you. So there's a big difference between that, that and the process of just having actual cacao. So what is ceremonial cacao and how does that differ from like, say buying cacao powder from the bulk food store? Right. So the difference between ceremonial grade oftentimes is uh, one, definitely the processing system that it's been through. So 
a cacao pod, they, they're all different shapes and sizes and colors and textures and every single one is so individual and beautiful. I'd highly recommend anybody to just Google a cacao pod because they are stunning. Uh, it's like a, it's a fruit, right? Or like a plant. So the processing that it goes through is much more minimal than the chocolate that we get on the shelves or even the, the organic cacao that we find at the bulk food store, which is still a superfood and can be used in different ways, but it doesn't qualify as ceremonial grade because it's gone through the extra process of separating the fat of the bean and the actual cacao apart. So ceremonial grade is when those two ingredients stay together and it hasn't gone through that next step of the process by separating the fat. So ceremonial grade is like kind of thick and like luscious and buttery. Uh, for those of you that have tried cacao butter in cooking, it's like essentially putting those back together. Um, and it forms this like paste-like texture, but no matter, you know, different places, it tastes different. Like every single batch is different because there's a different climate or different energy that goes along with it too. And I know that's really hard to articul articulate, but um, once you've drunk ceremonial grade cacao, there's just such a difference that you feel in your body on this energetic and emotional level too, because it feels cleaner, purer, closer to where it's come from. So if you're looking at where cacao was originally grown, which is the best indicator of if it's ceremonial grade and can qualify as that, you're looking at places like Peru or Guatemala, because that's where originally the plants just thrived wildly and they still do. There's a lot of farmers with ceremonial grade cacao in this industry now, which are still harvesting cacao, but from plants that are wild grown, which is mm. really cool instead of a farm that they've, you know, cleared an area of jungle for and then planted, which places like Bali, you know, it's still ceremonial grade, but um, it's not where it was naturally found. The heritage is very different. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Who knew all that stuff about cacao? Oh my gosh. Uh, There's still so much. I, I can't wait to keep learning more. I've, <laughs> I've sat with the a shaman and and been taken through a training to work with cacao and that was like this fully immersive experience and that still just feels like it's the tip of the iceberg so i'm really excited to continue developing my relationship with it amazing and the tip of the iceberg is never ending and if you think about that as a health journey or even a spiritual journey so let's focus on spiritual journeys because you are the spirited seeker right <laughs> we all when come, yeah when it comes to seeking yourself there's the type of people who have the behavior that i find that's over constructive where they're just looking for the answers so they keep reading the books they keep listening to all these different things and getting different types of opinions as opposed to where the answers often are which is inside, which is I'm tapping on my chest. So I'm like, it's in here. So um, with the work that you do and guiding people to understand the way in which they're seeking and becoming, I guess, more connected and present with themselves, how does that work with what it is that you do? And how do you support people in becoming a conscious spirited seeker rather than just searching for the answers to like get the job done? because mm. that's the tip of the iceberg so i wanted you to open up that oh that is such a good question so my most recent program plays on this idea of that we don't actually need more information we need more space mm. and 
that comes back to this idea or notion that we're not giving ourselves the permission slip to have space to integrate and actually implement what we know. We're so addicted to the rush of knowledge, which is so intellectual, you know, everything that we can read or information that we gather and collect is just a concept unless it translates into an embodied state of being. And we need time to do that. If we're rewriting these systems that we've operated out of for a lifetime, whether that is, you know, spiritual or nutritional or physical, it takes time to totally recalibrate the system and act in a different way. And so when we're, you know, smashing down Instagram captions like we would (laughs) blocks of chocolate, and we might feel inspired for a hot second and then move on to the next like button. We're not actually doing anything with that information. So how I invite women forward into that, into their own mm, freedom and permission slip to liberate themselves from a laundry list of things that they have to do before they are good enough, because we've all got that list, meditate, workout, take your pills, you know, eat the greens, do this, do that, wear that, act this way, post this. It's just endless. And so when we create more space for ourselves, which is what we all tend to say that we want, you know, especially if we're like busy, stressed, overworked, burnt out, we beg for space. But then when we get it, we fill it because it's too terrifying, that space. You know, we're left alone with ourselves, which is why elements of ceremony come into play. We get comfortable with what it is to be in space. And It's not until we have that space where what we know intellectually becomes a new language of the body, a new way of being. And I think as women too, this process of learning how to be in receivership and surrender is also a big part of the work that I do too. It's not about necessarily taking so much action, which is very much the masculine society that we live in. Mm. It's all about like, do, 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 do. And even as we, we can be so aware of that and still operate out of that, you know, but just kind of slap a female label on it and think that we're doing it differently when we're not, we're not actually giving ourselves the permission to slow down, take a deeper breath, allow our belly to expand instead of sucking in all of these little ways that we're not taking the time to be with ourselves and that be enough. Mm. You know, we're all holding our breath until we get to yoga or we're all holding our breath until we get to the retreat in Bali. It's like, fuck that. Let's, let's craft a life where you don't need to tap out of it because you're so self-connected and so willing to take a sacred pause whenever you need it so that you're really freaking here rather than anywhere else. It's like, no matter how much work you do, there's always more work to be done. And mm. so <laughs> let's just play throughout that way, you know, instead of beating ourselves up for how much work there is left to do. So juicy. I'm loving this. I know everyone listening is like, but how do you do this? But how do you make this thing happen? If you, how do you go from being the to-do list person to being like, hang on a second, I'm going to take the 10 minutes and just, because it's easy it's easily said but it's not as easy to do 
but it is easy to do, but it's also easy not to yes. do. No one really does it. Yeah. So what are your like tips for doing this for everyone who's listening? And they're probably thinking, all right, well, I'm, that's me. <laughs> I do that. Or I get stuck in that wormhole. And I know it happens to me too, because I'm human. I'm not perfect. But when that does occur and the ladies or people who are listening to this want to step into becoming softer, more present, more consciously connected Mm. in that moment. So they're seeking themselves rather than seeking the answers outside of themselves. What are the steps or the little tips you can give them to, to be able to do that or or activate the change? Yes. So to become soft in a real sustainable way, rather than a pushover kind of way, Mm. we need to actually, actually know our strength and how to be savage. And we don't talk about this enough where women have a lack of connection to their own clean anger and anger gives us the strength and savageness to be able to be really ruthless with what we're giving our attention to, how we're investing our time, who we're offering our energy to and all of the ways that, you know, we are the victim to having a busy, stressed, overfilled life. I say we need to really take ownership of that because it's nobody else's duty to tell you where to give your time, you know, and um, connecting to our anger can give us this like reinvigoration of our fire, of our passion, of our creativity. And I know, Jem, this is so powerful, powerfully included in your work too, because obviously the center of where our anger lies is where our womb is. And you connect women back to that in that way and I connect them back in another way right and it can be as simple as like hand on heart hand on womb hand on belly and breathing and meeting that fear of potential rejection of abandonment of getting kicked out of the tribe you know physiologically we're so wired to belong that we'll do whatever we can to be accepted by others Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. in this day and age where for most of us, there is not a direct link to being unsafe if we speak our truth. I'm not denying that for some people's situation, that is not true. Um, we all carry this um, visceral dissafety. I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now. <laughs> this, this feeling of being unsafe if we choose ourselves. And so we need to take ownership of how we're spending our time, our money, our energy, our words, our communication, all of it. And connecting to our womb, the place where our power lies, the place where our anger lives is an opportunity for us to really get clear on how we're being leaky with our boundaries Mm. and wrangle that shit in. So that instead of being a victim to our stress and our to-do lists, we meet that fear as it comes up every single time. And it will, my gosh, every day I'm like, Oh, I don't particularly want to do my business like this. So I'm going to do it this way, or I'm going to speak this way, or I'm going to, you know, tell my truth in a different way. And it's scary. It's scary for a reason because we're literally rewiring modes of being in the world as a woman that for eons, we have not been safe enough to do. Mm-hmm. So it's no easy feat, but we have to do it now. Like there's no more time for being small and hiding behind these stories of stress and busyness. 
And I, I have this saying, and everyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while will know that nothing in nature rushes, but everything still gets done. Mm. And so like yesterday, <laughs> I like had a huge to-do list. Um, I'm in my inner autumn, so I'm like in the get shit done phase. And I was just like, you know what? I really need to go to yoga. I went to a yoga class at 10.30 during the day, which I've never been to that class before. I rocked up and the teacher who normally teaches another class that I go to at a different time of the week, he's like, what are you doing here? I was like, surprise, because that was me having to like drop into myself and really have presence and just feel into my body. I work from home. So it's more cha- I find it more challenging for me to take space in home. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I take myself out of the home, I can so much easily, more easily relax because the things that I need to do aren't around me. So it's about being aware, I feel, of what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, but then also just honoring the fact that nothing's ever going to get done anyway. And it's not a race. Yeah, right. it's not a race. Um, so I love that. Now, you mentioned about anger and anger being stored in the womb. This is one reason why I love womb work, which is the beginning stage of that is getting to know your menstrual cycle, which opens up that little window to that. But with anger, we're moving into the fire season in the Southern Hemisphere. And so the fire season is summer. And this does bring out passion and creativity and pushing yourself like the overdrive. So let's talk about the element of fire and mm. anger. Because I know that you've got a lot to to say on this. So, what's coming up for you when I say when I when I talk about this topic? Because I can I don't even need to ask you a question. You've already got something to share. I can see. <laughs> oh, who knows what's going to fly out of my mouth? But for me, anger is a really big reclamation of power. And for my whole life, I have felt like I'm a I'm a flame. I'm a Sagittarius. I have this like feistiness and fierceness about me that my whole life people have either been threatened by or made comments comments about or rejected in me and it's been so confusing because it just feels so innately me and so for many years I attempted to shut that shit down and just dilute myself and become a softer more tender version of a woman that a lot of men want because they can't handle a woman that is on fire (laughs) but now uh through this I guess phase of really identifying what it is that I need and coming home to the truth of who I am through literally using cacao ceremony as a daily ritual to come back to get to know myself on such an intimate level is that fire is the element of transmutation and trans to transmute literally means to change in form and oftentimes to a higher form to a different nature. So fire gives us this alchemical magic of altering something from what it once was and allowing it to become what it really needs to be now. Mm. I relate to fire and my anger and my passion and my creativity now as a force and really taking ownership of the force that I am and the force that is in all of us. Um, An incredible way to do this is literally just get around fire somehow because fire is this innate, human uh thing that our ancestors and the ancestors before before us have used to cook to sit around that no other animal ever experiences like that is only human um and so it, it activates this remembrance of what it means to be human i think and when we're connected to that we can make choices that are more in alignment with what is true 
and real rather mm. than operating systems that live up here in in our minds that we pretend we are that you know and so we drop down and actually feel our body whether it's in a yoga class or whether it's during sex or orgasm or dance or something that really takes you out of your head we forget that we're these human beings and trick ourselves into doings so fire brings us back to what it means to be human and as mm. a woman i think it's this permission slip to really own the magnitude of your own expansion rather than staying small and stuck. I love that. And it can even be just looking at a candle. Yeah. I literally have my candle on right now. And every time I looked away, that's what I was looking at (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, lighting a candle in your house is such a simple thing to do. And ancestrally, they actually teach that staring at the flame actually has a, there's this connection point similar to sun gazing which you would not do during the day you do it nightfall or day rise whatever you want to call it um dusk or dawn made that one up too day rise i love it day rise <laughs> the rising of the day during the crepsidula as you know the sun the the sun is setting and the moon is rising you know you want to stare into the sun and the eye actually gets this um like activated part and it's a healing mechanism by staring at the flame it's also very meditative Mm-hmm. So it makes you really present instead of being, you drop out of your head into your body. And as you were talking, I was thinking of animal instincts is that you mentioned about dance, sex, orgasm. And there was another one at the start, yoga, like going to yoga, all of that brings you into your body and your body then literally relies on the, the motion based on your animal instinct. It's something that I absolutely love. So I think it's so beautiful that you said that. And when it comes to anger and fire, a lot of women are really scared of anger or being angry or experiencing anger. And when they are angry, they kind of want to hide it and kind of like put it away. But like you said, like transmuting it and actually embracing it and feeling it and then like allowing it to dissipate and embodying it is really important. Um, So we could just talk about all these topics for so long, right? Now let's talk about really quickly the fire element. I know we spoke about this before we started hitting the record button for the podcast, but we're literally, like I said, about to enter summer in the Southern hemisphere, which is the fire element where we are pushing ourselves to kind of be more, do more, have more. It's the festive season. So we have all the events, the parties, the gatherings. I've got to be this. I've got to dress up. I've got to eat all the foods everyone shares. So there can be a lot of anxiousness in anger. And that I feel anxiousness can lead to feeling anger, which could lead to feeling rage. If you don't care for yourself, it's like when the balloon gets so big, you keep blowing and blowing and blowing and then it pops. So for this particular season, what are the like three tips you could give M to those listening about harnessing one, their to-do list and embracing it's okay to feel uncomfortable through fear anxiousness maybe a little bit of anger what what are three things they could do during this season to help you know keep that fire at bay Mm. i say let it burn baby rather than keep it at bay because fire is going to come out no matter what Mm -hmm. i have seen so many women play down their anger and instead it comes out through sarcasm passive aggressiveness criticizing judging gossiping manipulation and all of those behaviors are so toxic. So we may as well just learn to connect to our anger in a clean way so that we can express our boundaries really clearly. 
So for the festive season, I think this is such an incredible opportunity to connect to that energy through working our no muscle without feeling like notice where you're feeling obligated to show up somewhere that you could not give a shit about and practice. You know, you can, you can find these frameworks because the languaging can be really intimidating at first to tell somebody that you don't want to go to their party or to RSVP no, or to, you know, not pick up the phone. We're totally reworking the people pleaser archetype in us and what better time to do that than Mm -hmm. the festive season, because we're going to have so much more opportunity to do that and to choose ourselves first. So number one would be really check in with your body for every event, invitation, request made of you if it's a contraction or an expansion oh my god i love that because i talk about expansion contraction all the time great i (laughs) love that overlap good good yeah if it's a contraction and it's a no then choose yourself and communicate that it's going to be really fumbly and awkward at first and that's okay if the people really love you they're gonna make space for your humanness Mm. it's not time to walk around on eggshells with with friendships or with relationships anymore. Like let's get unconditional. So contraction or expansion, simply put hands on heart, hands on womb, ask, ask your body. Is this a yes? And then feel. Number two, managing the to-do list would be get really freaking honest about how you use your time. So many of us want to be the one that's busy. We glorify it even when we say we don't. How much time are you spending on Instagram? How much time are you watching TV? How much time are you fucking around and not actually taking responsibility for your schedule? I also have a blog post on my website around how to schedule uh, your calendar according to your cycle. I'm sure you also have resources like that. That has been a really powerful tool for me to get super honest about when practices social time, certain workouts, all that kind of stuff, business commitments aren't in alignment with where I'm at hormonally because I know I just won't show up 110%. So I sit down every month and work my cycle map. We're having this podcast right now while I know I'm articulate and (laughs) that energy is kind of supporting the, the flow of this conversation. So Yeah, sitting down and really paying attention to where you're giving your time. I really love utilizing the screen time uh, app on my iPhone Mm. because you can't run from that. You literally cannot hide from your phone telling you that you've spent four and a half hours on it that day, you know, and using all of that time to come back to your body and be really present because then you'll know where you want to put your energy. And number three would be cultivating some kind of practice that is just for you to nurture that soft, strong, savage in you because every woman needs that. I have a multiple actually playlists on Spotify that have this undertone of like wildness or anger or sexiness. And I think that creative energy is what so many of us are really missing. And so a way to do that is awakening that primal self, you know, through orgasm, self-pleasure practice, or through dance that's just for you. 
you know, in your bedroom, play a few songs before bed or when you get out of the shower or look at yourself naked in the mirror, just these really primal activities that commune you with your body Mm. um, will absolutely instigate some of that fire and you'll have to meet your shit. And when you do that, soften back into love. Amazing. Oh my God, Emma, I have so many other questions I could ask you, but we're pretty much out of time. And (laughs) I've loved having you share all of your beautiful wisdom about really in layman's terms, connecting with yourself. Yeah. You know, for people who are like unsure, unsure about like, what is a spirited seeker? And what does this mean? It's really about being you and not having to be your someone else for anybody else, just being yourself. That's what I really feel like, like an overview, like a quick overview is. Um, now for those who are listening, how could they find you if they want to connect with M and learn more about M ceremonies or their, you know, how they can connect with your next one? How can they connect with you? Awesome. Thank you for such an incredible opportunity to speak to your audience too. What an honor. Uh, everybody can find me over at spirited seeker on Instagram, no spaces spelled exactly as it sounds, even in my Bogan Australian accent and (laughs) spiritedseeker.com is where you'll find every free offering that I have. I've got an intentional as fuck masterclass to take you through to 2020 being your most aligned year yet. I've got virtual cacao ceremony gatherings that are hosted via zoom every month on the full moon. Um, a manifestation challenge. I've got a bunch of really cool stuff there. And I also send out like a weekly ish newsletter with Spotify playlists and all that fun stuff. So I would love to see you over there soon. Amazing. Well, I'm going to pop all those links in our show notes. Now to finish up, I have a final question for you. I ask all our guests this when it comes to you as your younger menstruating self. So think about when you started to menstruate Mm -hmm. as a, as, as a girl and you started to step into your menses um, period of your life what are three guiding tips that you wish that you had have known then that you know now? Oh, that is a boozy. <laughs> Trust yourself. First one's that comes One, to mind. Pads aren't dorky. All right. Okay. I didn't use tampons at all. And I had so much shame about that. I was a dancer. And so when I didn't, when I was bleeding, I I just wouldn't go to dancing because I would wear these big bulky pads, but I never felt comfortable sticking a tampon up there. And now as my 25 year old self, I'm just like, you were so intuitive and that's totally cool. Like that you didn't want to put something toxic up there. (laughs) Like high five. Yeah. Way to go girl. (laughs) Yeah. I would love to high five her and be like, that's chill. Like rock the pad bulge. (laughs) That is so embarrassing even to speak out loud. (laughs) 15 year old self is like, Oh my God. Uh, Number two. Hmm. Don't diss how you're feeling or cop the story of are you on your period as this negative thing to just be shut down by? Mm, Yes. I love that. Within relationships with men, I have heard that over and over again, like, are you on your period or like, what's going on? Are you, are you bleeding? And it's, it's, there's always this tone of like mocking or condescending to it. I would love to tell my younger self, like, really own that embrace yeah embrace the wildness the fierceness the anger the confusion the overwhelm the emotion that is also as beautiful as peak summer Mm. 
And number three, damn, Jim, yeah, this is really good. Hmm. Don't take the freaking pill when they give it to you. <laughs> oh, you've you got have... a pill story. We don't have time for the pill story. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's we can leave it at that. That's a wrap. Um, and if you are considering it, for those who are considering contraception, whether it's the pill or any other contraception, you know, become informed. Reach out. Ask for some support. Um, connect with someone who knows a little bit more about and uh, more about it than what you do. I'm sure Em will agree with this. I wish I knew more about it when I started when I was 16. Ended up being on it for like 12 years. Um, be informed. Mm -hmm. um, but Em, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Whirlwind Podcast. I've loved having you. You're just like a little bundle of joy and so much beautiful wisdom. And I'm actually going to be overseas for the next full moon ceremony, but I want to join um, next time I'm in the same time zone, a cacao ceremony online because I think it's going to be awesome. beautiful. And I'm going to make sure I pop that link in the show notes for everyone else. So hopefully you can come join too. I might even share, hey, I'm joining M for the cacao ceremony. Who wants to come with me when, um, when it comes to time? But M, thank you so much for joining us. I've loved having you and I can't wait to share this episode with everyone. Thank you so much, Shem. Mm, lots of love. Here's to our fire. Here's to the fire. <laughs> Have a great day, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode Share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 